The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, October 17th, 2021. And thank you for joining us for the Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond online viewing party here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. And double special thanks to one of our regular listeners who is here in the chat room with me, ready to help and ready to fuss about fear and anything else we want to do. So let's say thank you to all of that. As we do every week, tonight's show contains spoilers up to the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we start this show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we'll go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together and then rate the episode between 1 and 10, 1 being, oh my God, kill it, and 10 being, this is perfect, you must do this all the time, (laughs) as well as give commentary during the commercial breaks. We'll also give our listeners trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. Please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented to us. Alrighty, so welcome to the Fear of the Walking Dead Season 7 opener. Fear will run the front eight episodes until December 5th, 2021, and conclude along with the front half of Fear, followed by The Talking Dead at 11 p.m. And also, just I, I'm not sure that I worded this correctly because I was picking it back up from the last episode of Fear, which is back in April. Um, World Beyond will run concurrently after this at 10 p.m., and then we'll conclude. I didn't mention that quite correctly. So we'll have Fear starting at 9, World Beyond starting around 10, give or take a couple minutes. Sometimes Joan can look that up for me. If you have an opportunity, I would appreciate it. Um, And then Talking Dead will go on right after that. And I have to tell you, I'm very thrilled that the current arrangement has kind of made it so Talking Dead has been continuing because one of the things I've never liked, and I don't know that this is Fear's fault, it's AMC being wonky. Um, When we had Fear going on, we didn't seem to have Talking Dead most of the time, especially during the pandemic. But even before that, it was kind of a thing. And I didn't know why they did not. I know that Fear is not the show that The Walking Dead Classic was, and neither is World Beyond. But I still like The Talking Dead, and I like the things that they did. And I thought each of these shows should have it. And they weren't doing that before, but they're doing it now. And I like that very much. So I hope that continues. And I think that'll help both shows a little bit because they, they kind of need it. Let's all be honest. Um, <laughs> you know, this is a little bit of fan loyalty and I'm not sure I would have shown up if these had been the first shows to start, not the other ones. But anyway, I digress. This is the final season of the walking dead classic. Um, it has ended last Sunday, you know, at the mid season finale the mid-season opener for episode nine 
not episode. Yeah, episode nine. I'm correct. So I don't want to confuse myself. This will pick up. We have a definite date. If you guys didn't catch it last week, Sunday, February 20th, 2022, which is the Sunday after my birthday. So that's a nice little present that they're picking that back up. All right. In 2023, the fourth series is coming. A spinoff thus far unnamed, fronted by Carol and Daryl. The series will follow Daryl Dixon and Carol Pelletier. Thank you for looking that up, Joan. It will premiere in 2023, and Angela Kang will serve as showrunner, who co-created the series, along with Scott Gimple, who is chief content officer. In summer 2022 will be a fifth show, the episodic anthology Tales of the Walking Dead. They more or less had an official launch or acknowledgement of that during the last week where they're, pardon me, they they had a, a splash page, a little graphic for it, and they've been talking about it seriously. Now, it's going to be one of the first things that comes back up as the other shows are winding down. Um, the series is an episodic anthology that will follow individual characters from the Walking Dead TV universe, both new and old. And they did not really specify this, but I take this comment to mean if it's the Walking Dead universe, that it could be stuff from World Beyond and Fear as well. Um, it's said that Series 1 of Tales will have six episodes, and I think it, it may be a webisode. I'm a little unclear at this point, whether it's a webisode or AMC Plus or something. It's not going to be the usual format. It's going to be a little odd and a little short, and each episode will be an hour. So I think it's a little bit more of what they were doing earlier. So... Just for the heck of it, I'm throwing out here, here's some of the characters or storylines. I've talked about several of these before. Um, for whom, in my opinion, I would like to see prequels, origin stories, or filling in of the gaps. Um, I picked seven. I was aiming for ten, but I was starting to struggle towards the end. Um, especially because it didn't occur to me till later that I could include stuff from World Beyond or also from Fear. Or even some of the old webisodes that weren't fleshed out very well. That's another idea I didn't even think of to write this second. That would have been kind of cool to flush out a few of the webisodes and make them better. So here's a few ideas I had. Um, how Eugene, Rosita, and Abraham got together in Houston, Texas and met Althea along the way. And um, Eugene and Abraham got a chance to interview with Al. And I actually come to think of it, Joan, I don't know if you know, where exactly are Al's tapes right now? Like, where's the monster uh, truck thing that she was driving, and where are all her tapes that she's collected? I'm a little worried about that after the nuke. I hope that they're not telling us tonight that all that was nuked and gone. That would be very sad. Um, number two, I've said this to death. I'm going to say it one more time. What became of Tracy Otto in Fear and what became of Kalataka when they left and went up northwest? Number three, how Anne slash Jadis formed the trash dump, which and this may end up getting covered uh, either at the end of Walking Dead or at the Rick movies, but I think they're going to introduce Anne at the end of World Beyond because Anne is now back with CRM and she brought Rick with her. So... I think we're going to find out, but I just want to make sure that's in there. You know, she had, I've had a love-hate relationship with that character, but she started to grow on me, and, and definitely she gets points for rescuing Rick. So even if she can't carry my interest, he does. So I want to know how all that started. I'm kind of interested. Um, number four, 
what became of the original United States government in the beginning? Like we have CRM now and we have the Commonwealth uh, kind of in the mid-Atlantic, almost the Midwest. But our government kind of seems, from all the shows watching since the beginning, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Give me a minute. Pardon me for that. Um, it just seems like there was very little mention of what the United States government did in the beginning. And the first time we really see Washington, D.C. proper, the capital is a, is a husk already. And I want to know the story, like how the hell did that happen that everyone's gone? I can understand certain things, like obviously you take commander-in-chief to Camp David or some other location like that. Uh, I happen to live in an area where we have these kinds of locations, so I know a little bit about that. Um, so I want, I want to see that. Um, how did Alexandria originally form? We talked about um, the original mayor or whatever, her husband was a genius about these sorts of things. But, okay, so you have one genius, but one genius needs help to make all that happen. So I'm kind of interested in how they got that way. Because it's several of these encampments, including recently the uh, Reapers in Walking Dead Classic, magically have these encampments and they're set up with these proper walls. But constructing that shit takes time and you got to keep the walkers off of you while you're doing it. So I kind of want to I want to hear more about that. Um, number six, expansion and details of how Oceanside formed. Um, there is no such analog for real in the D.C. area, but there are a few places where it's somewhat plausible, like on the eastern shore of Maryland, perhaps, or somewhere along the Chesapeake Bay. But you have to understand these places are not close to D.C. They would not just run and come help, especially in an era where most roads are trashed or closed or clogged up. And most vehicles by this time are not running, and there's a lot of horseback stuff going on. Um, they can't come to each other's aid in the way that they portrayed it. But I still kind of just want to see, like, what were they thinking was going on? I can give some artistic license. There's several things in the show that aren't analogous to D.C. Most of all, how most of these neighborhoods are connected. <laughs> but it's not necessary to be exactly right. It's not a documentary. I get that. All right. And last, number seven, the origin details of the green farm and keeping walkers in the barn, how, and how they captured Sophia. I, they talked about it a tiny bit after they all got to trust each other, and they realized that the girl that Carol was looking for was probably in the barn, but they glossed over this. So I kind of wanted to know more about that. And now that I've sat and thought about it, and you know, we could do stuff like this for World Beyond, and we could do it for Fear, and a lot of the webisodes that have gone on. So I kind of would like to see some of those get addressed. But the first season only has six episodes, and I don't know if there will be a second season or how that's going to go, because there's a lot of other shows. And let me talk to, you, talk to you guys about what I have been seeing in some of the promotional stuff in the last week. Um, a sixth project after Tales of the Walking Dead I've already talked to you about, um, which is the Fear mini prologue that was rumored in 2021 uh, in March, and that was Dead in the Water. That's essentially it's going to be a webisode. I found that out, uh, which is a story of the USS Pennsylvania from the end of season six of Fear, and it's going to be how all those people ended up getting killed and how it got beached where it was and who got the keys and all that stuff. Um, Angela Kang wrote the first episode for this already. But it seems to be dead in the water at the moment. There isn't any movement forward on this project. 
but I would like them to finish it because I kind of want to know how the heck that happened. There's a lot of things in this show that I want to know how the heck that happened. They take an awful lot of liberties. Um, anyway, some more projects, three more, in fact. So, yeah, we're up to nine. So, number seven, Untitled Villain Spinoff. On the special episode of Talking Dead that aired on December 13, 2020, Scott Gimple confirmed that they are developing a spinoff series on one of the great Walking Dead villains of all time. And the source for this was bleedingcool.com. And they... Uh, These are my words, actually. While not exactly flowing with spoilers, Gimple did reveal that they're close to finalizing a deal to bring back one of the great Walking Dead villains of all time. Um, Bleeding Cool is betting on David Morrissey's governor in Tales of the Walking Dead, though nothing was confirmed. Um, I'm unclear if this project is the same thing as Tales of the Walking Dead or not. I kind of think... It would have to be, but it doesn't sound like it is, so I'm unclear. So I'm treating it for the moment as Untitled Villain Spinoff. Eighth Project, Untitled Comedy Spinoff. On the same special episode, um, Scott Gimple also confirmed that they are developing a straight Walking Dead comedy and Bleeding Cool added. In addition, Gimple confirmed that they were moving forward with this. It's similar to CBS All Access's Star Trek Lower Decks. This is basically going to be Lower Decks for The Walking Dead. Um, Hold on a second. My smart house things are freaking out because I said that. No, there is no one moment. Go to sleep, Alexa. (laughs) Um, So there's that. And then the ninth project is something I've already told you about, but you can still see it. So I'm going to keep announcing it because a lot of people haven't had a chance to see it yet. So this is over. But if you have access to AMC Plus On Demand, The Walking Dead Origins, which was four episodes that started in July 15th. And that was Carol, Daryl, Negan, and I think Maggie. Just like a whole episode about them. And there's some out-of-character commentary from the actors as well, not just uh, storyline stuff. Alrighty, I'm going to check in with Joan. See if she, oh, she does have some things to add, so let me share that with you guys. Um And she says, you know, (laughs) she will do me the kindness of trying to keep the fussing to a bare minimum. Yes, and and I thank you for that. Um, Joan's already got the times for me. Fear starts at 9, World Beyond is at 10.09, so we're going to have a little bleed over. And Talking Dead is on at 11.11. I always love that, even though I get annoyed with some of these, like, ew, mystic numbers things, but I've always liked 11.11. And she agrees, Talking Dead is the best of these three. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well. Um, she's not sure where Althea's SWAT vehicle and tapes ended up. I think the last time we saw it, it was connected to Dwight's wife's group, but that was a while ago. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know where the rest of them went when the nuke was going to go off. Once the group scattered to go after Teddy, I'm not sure what happened to her stuff. And I'm sure that's going to be a plot line because they've been setting that up ever since she joined Fear Season 4, I think. Wait, was it 4? Might have been 5. I I want to say four, but I'm not sure that's right. That seems earlier than what I thought it should be. But whenever she joined, the tapes and the SWAT vehicle have been a staple of her icons and what she brings to the plot that's always associated with her. So I am pretty sure they're not going to leave it there for good. But I am annoyed that they've left it as long as they have. I thought it should be a much bigger plot line than what it's been. And and thank you. Joan's going to try to figure out when Al joined the plot and see if the season four thing is correct or if I'm 
possibly insane, more insane than usual. All right, so let's go to notes. State 46, got a little time yet. Um, call in to speak with the host if you would like at 914-338-0314. Any time tonight is fine, but we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. You're still welcome to call in during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing or you don't want to wait that long, feel free to log into the webpage and join us in our live chat room where you'll be able to listen to the show real time as well as go back and download the episode after the fact. And we give the links to that on Facebook and the Facebook page, my social media, my Twitter uh, when possible. So if you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you could still go back to that link later and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes. All right, so first we'll give info on Fear the Walking Dead, and then afterwards info on World Beyond. So tonight's Fear episode is entitled The Beacon. The official AMC synopsis is, while most of the landscape is destroyed by nuclear warheads, and when they say most, I'm curious what they mean by that, like, there was one warhead on one ship, and I'm wondering how much of Texas is essentially unusable now. So I will be curious to see how that ends up. I'm also pulling up the synopsis, uh, the extended synopsis for you guys, which I'm going to do next. Um, so the synopsis is, while most of the landscape is destroyed by nuclear warheads, Strand thrives in one of the few inhabitable places left. Strand's search for survivors uncovers a stranger with an unexpected connection to his past. And as I just mentioned, I have an extended synopsis for you. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead Season 7 premiere synopsis, Someone from Strand's Past Returns. This is from Cameron Bellamono at comicbook.com. And he says, Victor Strand won't be the only survivor to rise from the ashes as someone from his past returns in Season 7 of Fear the Walking Dead. Last season, a selfish Strand and a selfless Morgan Jones couldn't stop Teddy Maddox, you know, uh, John Glover, from unleashing a nuclear zombie apocalypse, part of a twist to Teddy's vision for the end. But it's just the beginning for Strand and right-hand Howard, played by Omid Abtahi, a historian holed up in the Houston high-rise where it's Strand's turn to rebuild the world, no matter who he has to hurt to do it. Reads the synopsis for The Beacon. I've already read that to you guys, so I'm not going to do it again. Let's skip down. The mystery stranger could be Will. This is my bet, by the way. One of the previously revealed series newcomers played by Gus Halper from Law & Order True Crime, Happy and Dickinson. Fierce showrunners Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg declined to reveal details about Halper's role when announcing new cast members during virtual San Diego Comic-Con over the summer which makes it very likely, and the fact that one of the promo photos in here is Strand talking to Alper. Strand's scattered former friends Morgan and Alicia Clark will be dealing with the ultimate version of Victor in Season 7 where he tells Will, the last surviving member of the Clark clan won't have anything to do with me after this. Now, why would he be telling Will anything unless Will is this mystery guy? So I think they keep trying not to spoil stuff, but then... They don't realize how it affects our comments, but that's okay. We're going to find out in half an hour anyway. 
Okay, quote, this new version of Strand that we're seeing, that he's on a precipice at the end of season six, is someone who's going to double down with his own ideology, explained Domingo on Talking Dead. Quote, there is a reason why he sent Alicia away from him. He said, I, quote, within a quote, I want to remember the best parts of me, end quote. I just don't know, to be honest, as we go into season seven, will he want to see that part? knowing he's got to be this other person. I don't know why he's got to be anything. I think that's going to be a conflict because, as we know, they're close as can be, but they're like family. Domingo added, but I think he possibly needs to suppress certain things in his heart and in his mind in order to be this other fully realized version of Victor Strand. I think that's going to be part of the complication going into season seven with this new version. I, you know, I don't like the fact that they're, making it a plot point that he's got to be a better asshole. I don't understand this. That's not character development. That's silly. All right. Let me check and see if Joan has any further things to add. Okay. I am crazy, but I'm in good company because apparently Al did join the plot. Season four, episode one, what's your story? And that was all about her introduction. Okay. Yeah. Joseph, if you're crazy, you're in good company. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. All righty. Let me go back to my notes. It's 8.51. We've got a little time left before we go live. So, writers and directors. Written tonight by showrunners Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg. Directed by Michael Sacharo-Sachazemis. Andrew Chambliss has been the co-showrunner for Fear since season four opened. He's been profiled multiple times before, which is why I'm not doing the whole thing. I did catch a note, and I don't remember if I had this earlier and just dropped it out, but I didn't have a lot on him personally, and I was snooping around his social media on his Facebook. He got married around October 2013 and had a baby son in February 2017 or close to it. Um, He's heavily sanitized his social media, so I don't know very much, but I just thought you might find it interesting. Chambliss has been heavily involved as a producer for Once Upon a Time for several seasons from 2012 to 2017. He's been a story editor for Vampire Diaries, Spartacus, Dollhouse, and Bionic Woman 2007. He has previously written or co-written 13 episodes of Fear, starting with season four, episode one, What's Your Story? And the last one being, last previous one being season six, episode 16, The Beginning. Tonight is his 14th. Twelve of the fourteen he co-wrote with Goldberg. The other two were season four, episode eleven, The Code, which was co-written with Alex Delisle, and season six, episode twelve, In Dreams. That's the disturbing one where Grace had dreams about her baby. Um, co-written with both Goldberg and Nazreen Chaudhry. And by the way, guys, Andrew and Ian, I we said this earlier. I'm going to say it again since this came up. It was very, very bad taste to air in dreams on Mother's Day weekend, and both of you should be kicked into doodads for doing that. I'm saying this as a mother. Okay, back to the writing parts. Together with Goldberg, he's co-writer of upcoming episodes next week's Season 7, Episode 2, Six Hours, and Season 7, Mid-Season Finale, Episode 8, Padre. All right, with him is co-showrunner Ian Goldberg, who has been co-executive producer and showrunner along with Andrew since the start of season four of Fear, blah, blah, blah. Goldberg also worked on Once Upon a Time as a writer and producer as well as other TV shows. 
He has previously written or co-written 14 episodes of Fear, starting with the same one, What's Your Story, Season 4, Episode 1, and the last previous being The Beginning. Tonight is his 15th, so they've gotten a little out of sync with each other. Twelve of the 15 were co-written with Chambliss. The other three were Season 4, Episode 1, was co-written with both Chambliss and Scott Gimple. Season 4, Episode 13, Blackjack, was co-written with Richard Nang, and Season 6, Episode 12 in Dreams, was co-written with Bo Chambliss and Nazreen Chaudhry. Together with Chambliss, he is co-writer of upcoming episodes uh, Six Hours and the mid-season finale, Padre, as well. It seems like the three of these guys, Ian, Andrew, and Satro, are all doing this stuff together. Okay, Satro's director tonight, Michael Edison Satrozemis has had extensive movie and TV credits to his name, so we'll just summarize and update his entry. Satro was some form of camera operator for 15 episodes of Walking Dead, classic, starting with Guts, Season 1, Episode 2 in 2010. He was second unit director of photography for three episodes until 2013. He then became director of photography from 2013 to 17, ending with Walking Dead Classic Season 8, Episode 3, Monsters, he has directed 17 prior episodes of Walking Dead Classic, starting with The Grove. And every time we mention that, I have to go to my little wave. Here we go. I, I don't have m many occasions to use it, so I'm going to use it whenever it's relevant. <laughs> so he directed The Grove. And the last one that he did for Walking Dead Classic was Season 10, Episode 11, Morning Star. Satcho has been co-executive producer for Fear since Season 4, Episode 1 in 2018 to present, which is so far 48, 40 episodes. He has directed 16 prior episodes of Fear, 5 in Season 4, 5 in Season 5, and 6 in Season 6. Tonight will be his 17th uh, time directing an episode of Fear, and the last previous was Season 6, Episode 16, The Beginning. He's also slated to direct Fear, Episode 2, Six Hours, and Padre, which is the mid-season finale, with Ian and Andrew co-writing the script. All right, we're at 8.56. I'm going to see the rest of Joan's comments, and then we're going to get to a stopping place. Um, Joan says he was a perfectly good asshole when we first met him, Strand. Back in Seasons 1, 2, and 3, that is. Yes, I agree with you. And I don't understand why he's become the way he is for the last couple of episodes, again, I think this is Ian and Andrew's influence. And guys, you know, I appreciate that you have managed to be showrunners and I have not. But nevertheless, this stuff is really not working for a whole lot of people. I'm telling you, you know, not that my opinion is any more important than anybody else's. But I'm just telling you, not that you'll ever watch my show or listen to it. But I'm just telling you. <laughs> okay. And by the way, speaking of hard to pronounce names, um, I wanted to make a note, again, because I have to look this up at least two or three times a year. Pronunciation for Al's name is Althea Shevchuk Przgoki. And it's spelled really Polish. It's, it's a mess. Okay. I, I don't speak any Polish, so I really had to go to some sites to get this proper. All right. Trivia about tonight's episode. I'm going to squeeze in just a skosh because we've got three minutes. Tonight's episode is The Beacon. It is the 86th episode of Fear the Walking Dead ever. It's the first appearance of the character Will. Uh, he may know Strand uh, from the synopsis. 
Uh, as of this episode, Maggie Grace, who's Althea, and Zoe, Zoe Coletti, who's Dakota, have been removed from the opening credits. Now, before people freak out, we know Dakota got nuked, but I believe Al is just being moved over to CRM plots for good because remember at the very, very end, she got picked up by um, her girlfriend. I can't remember her at the moment. <laughs> Joan, if you happen to remember, who's the CRM pilot thing that Al's crushing on? Um, this is the third episode to feature only one main cast member, after Close Your Eyes and The End is the Beginning. Tonight is also starring Omid Abtahi as Howard Strand's buddy in the high-rise. He is pre-listed in the cast for episodes 2, 5, and 7 coming up. Um, Gus Halper plays Will. They've been very close-fisted about that, but I think I know what's going on. Co-stars were not listed yet. Uncredited Thomas DuPont as Utility Strand Guard. I didn't understand that, but I assume it means somebody who's Look it up for Strand. I don't really know. All right, it's 8.59. I'm going to pause here before we jump into the trivia for last episode, and I'll see you guys at the first commercial break. Thanks for joining us. very interesting in that it's 9-11 and we are just to our first commercial break which is a little unusual for fear and that's fine so rating 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 what to do I'm not ready to give it a five because I'm irritated about quite a few things in that last scene Joan's ready to give it a five you know I'm going to say 4.5 and I'm giving some wiggle room I don't expect it to stay quite down there if they keep this pace up. I was very impressed with the young man in the last scene. And I actually think that might possibly be Will. I, I think that could be, you know, we'll get, we'll get to the trivia stuff in a bit as to who is playing Will. They really sanitized it out because I think it's a huge spoiler. That's why I think it's him. Um, But I I liked that he was out in the woods, broke down and decided to eat the totally toxic infected possum because it was, as these things go in a nuclear holocaust, somewhat fresh. And crying about it. And all of this makes perfect sense, and I like that because there's been too much in this series of sanitizing that and people coping well. I I liked it better when they were showing them not coping so well, because I don't think a lot of them would. All right. Joan has weighed in with her five, and I'm going to go back to our comments a couple minutes ago and share with you guys. Um, I, I reminded Joan that I did already scold Andrew and Ian about how the show has gone, and it hadn't even started for tonight yet. And I kind of feel, you know, I stay with it for the love of the franchise and for the love of the first three seasons. But I got to be honest, I feel like Andrew and Ian have really peed on everything. And there have been tiny little moments that were nice, but they're moments. Joan says it is she agreed. It should have stayed writing stuff like Once Upon a Time, Fairy Tales, and, Fairy Tales and Walking Dead don't mix. And by the way, Althea's girlfriend, whose name I blanked on is Isabel. Thank you for that. And 
I kind of feel like maybe doing so well uh, on a fairy tale show might be part of what's wrong with them. But we are back already. So I will talk to you about that at break number two. Okay, guys, it's 922, and we're just at break number two. Joan is staying at five, and I'm going to go up to five, seven, five, excuse me, four, seven, five, reluctantly. Joan <laughs> um, had mentioned at the last part, uh, before we got distracted because it, it was already a break, just a theory, but there have been times over the last several seasons I feel like they were trying to turn fear characters into fairy tale characters, almost. I don't know. It just The characters were all too different from how it started. The feel is all different. Um, then she said, okay, nice butt, but otherwise doesn't look like much of a party. I assume you mean the arrival of Will. Not really clear. Not too bad of an opening. I'll start with the middle of the road five. I don't want to go too high since I don't trust them not to go downhill from here. And I wanted to know how in the Kentucky Fried Buck did Stan manage to get electricity going, especially in, what, 50 days? I This sounds very peculiar to me. And Joan says to that, we may never know, not on this show anyway. Interesting, he calls his staff rangers. I caught that too, throwback to rangers' employee, to Virginia's employee. And, oh, no, not another foundation of a new civilization. You know what, that, that's what this entire season is. And, in fact, in several of the official AMC previews, we have him pissing, moaning at Morgan that Morgan couldn't do it. Now he's going to do it. And Morgan could just stand off and watch, whatever. Joan's staying at 5. I'm at 475. And then Joan says, now that I've thought of the fairytale stuff, Strand is starting to sound to me way too much like a Disney villain. He's being very dramatic even for Strand. Yes, he is. I don't like it. The way that he's speaking is very forced. Like, it will actually kill him if he has any revealed feelings. I don't know what the hell that is. Okay, let me get back to my notes real quick. Uh, trivia from last episode, which was Season 6, Episode 16, The Beginning. First appearance of Kim Larson, Kevin Larson, and Briga Larson, who were that family out in the woods in that one house that Dwight and Sherry found. And some of the other cult people had been there before. First appearance of Howard who's the guy up in the tower with him. First appearance of the Larson family home. First appearance of the tower, which is where Strand is now. First appearance of Teddy's secret bunker. And last appearance, apparently. Well, not entirely. Um, last appearance of Raleigh. With Raleigh's death, there are no known members of Logan's crew left alive. Um, this is a trailer. Okay. Um, last appearance of Rachel. With Rachel's death, Morgan is the only surviving member of her family. And that means baby Morgan, because Rachel was a Hispanic woman that Morgan saved, and she was pregnant and had the baby and all that, and named it after him. Last appearance of Riley. With Riley's death, there are no known crew members of the USS Pennsylvania left alive. Riley is the first living person killed by Charlie since Nicholas Clark and Good out here. I'm waiting to see if this Liberty Mutual commercial is it. Oh, no, it's Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay, let's keep going. Last appearance of Theodore Teddy Maddox with Teddy's death, there are no known members of the Doomsday Cult confirmed to be alive. Now, mind you, they word these things a certain way. It does not mean nobody's alive, but it means there's no way to know what has become of them after all this. Last appearance of Dakota with Dakota's death. 
There are no known members of the pioneers confirmed to be alive, excluding Victor Strand. Last appearance of Garza as a corpse. And now we are back. I will see you guys at break number three. Okay, it's 9.31. We are at break number three. Joe says, looks like I'm not going higher than five. I'm honestly not sure I'm going to even go up to five yet. I'm going to stay at 4.75. I am not enrolled in Victor being this much of a dick. It seems quite irrational, and I don't see why at this point he would be so unhinged and stupid when he's been through many, many things earlier that should have done it to him and didn't. So I'm really not buying that. Let's keep going with the notes because we've got a lot to cover tonight. We're going to have to get through World Beyond as well before it starts or in between. All right. Uh, let's go back. Riley to Garza. Okay. The title of the episode, The Beginning, refers to Riley's statement that this is only just the beginning. And remember that Riley was the guy who knew how to run the nukes, and that's why Teddy kept him around. Um derived from Teddy's teachings. This is the first season finale of Fear the Walking Dead in which Alicia Clark doesn't appear because she was locked in the Who What's It. Um, this episode marks the return of Isabel, who has been absent since Alaska. Ha- there's a note. However, she is played by Kevin Knott since Sydney Lemon was unavailable for filming. I asked this elsewhere. Now I got my answer because I didn't know why they had her credited as a guy, but apparently he's a body double for her. Because you don't really see her face or anything. The episode's format breaks it down into several sections, occurring simultaneously and each following the different groups of characters. Raleigh is executed by Daniel Salazar after Daniel realizes that Raleigh is a spy for the cult. Riley reveals that Raleigh had lost his faith after the events of Handle with Care and Switch Sides. Raleigh, being a spy, presumably explains how the cult knew Morgan's name in the holding and that he had the key. Raleigh is the first living person killed by Daniel since Sleigh Ride. Daniel, Wes, Sarah, Charlie, Lucy, and Jacob are rescued by a CRM helicopter sent by Al and piloted by Isabel. And I believe that's part of the reason that Al is being taken out of the cast list, you know, starring. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. It's revealed that Teddy secretly intended to hide out in a hidden bunker and once the dust settled, returned to the sub and launched the remaining nuclear missiles. Teddy kept Dakota alive as he needed a second person to turn both launch keys. And we kind of knew that. The way in which Rachel dies and then while zombified, carries her child with her while her mouth is restrained and she's guided by an ulterior force may be a reference to the 2017 movie Cargo in which the main character, Andy, does the same thing once she succumbs to his infection. I don't know anything about that movie, and it sounds like I should go check it out, so I'll have to do that after we're done with the show. Uh, next thing, when John Dory Sr. and June disarm Dakota with a trick shot, John Sr. asks if his son ever told June about the St. Louis barn raiser. In Humbug's Gulch, John, June asks John about a number of different trick shots, including one called the St. Louis barn raiser, but he refused to answer her. This episode marks the first time in Fear the Walking Dead continuity that Dwight has killed a living person either directly or indirectly. Uh, following its breaking in the last episode, 
Morgan appears to have abandoned all use of his battle axe, taking with him only his old staff when he exits the sub. There's a deleted scene of June and Dory Sr. traveling by horse on their way to the Overlook, as depicted in several promo photos from the episode. This episode was accidentally published in Germany on June 7, 2021. And we have what looks like stuff, like teasers from episode 9 that we're going to have to wait till February 20th for. That's fine. Um, co-stars last, last time in the spring, Corey Hart as Raleigh, Julia Barnett as Kim Larson, Aaron Spivey Sorrells as Kevin Larson, and Ella McLean as Briga Larson, Austin Alexander as an acolyte. And we will get to the rest of break number four. Okay, guys, it's 9.43, and Joan and I are kind of in the same place. She's still big old nope with her stand at five. I'm kind of feeling 4.75. Still, I can't even bring myself to a five. Just, I do not understand the purpose of Strand being obsessed with what's going on with Alicia, but wanting to just go in there and let her see how wrong she was about him. She wasn't wrong about him, and he freaking knows it, and this whole thing is dumb. It's not some cute, psychological, twisty spaghetti ploy of his. He's not clever. This is all just silly. Um, I don't understand what you're doing with these guys. It's the opening of the show. You're killing it. And there was rumored to be contracting on a season eight. You can kind of start watching that fade. Um let me go back and get the rest of the notes for last episode and keep going for world beyond notes. Okay. Um, uncredited from last episode, Kevin Knott says Isabel. Normally she's played by Sydney lemon. Um, Sydney was not available uh, to physically shoot that scene. So they had a body stand in Wyatt played Rufus, Jimmy Romano as Garza is uh, Pennsylvania. It was a dead crew person on the Pennsylvania and grace took his gun. That's who Garza was. And then unknown still as Baby Morgan. Uh, deaths. Rachel, alive and zombified. Uh, that's Morgan's mom. Raleigh, Howard's wife. Riley, Riley and Raleigh. <laughs> Theodore Maddox, Teddy, Dakota, the Acolyte, one unnamed cultist, and many unnamed Texas survivors. And no errors or bloopers listed. Okay, real quick. Cast birthdays this week. We just have one. Daniel Kevin Fogler, who played Luke from Magnus Group, uh, his birthday is October 20th, and he is from Brooklyn, New York. So let's say happy birthday to him. <laughs> Featured music from last time, Sunshine Special by Blind Lemon Jefferson. This was on a record when Strand meets Howard. And then See That My Grave Is Kept Clean by Blind Lemon Jefferson and Howard Astrand to flip over the record. That's the last of the music that is um, mentioned in that episode. Okay, unaccounted for characters from Fear. Taka, Kalataka Walker, and Lee, Crazy Dog, 
Proctor John, Diana, and possibly Tracy Otto because I'm not letting go of Emma Caulfield. Also, we still have no idea how the miniseries Passage connected to season three or four or anything at all. And if it did not, that's pretty lame because they had a good thing going where they had those 16 mini episodes and they had some connection to the next upcoming season of Fear. That was actually really working for me. And they ruined it. Guess guess when it stopped? <laughs> when certain showrunners showed up. They kind of pooped it up. Okay. Um, also, there was a quote. I haven't read it to you in a while, so I'm going to read it again. In the past timeline, we've also been introduced to Diamond Residence Cole. Viv, no, those guys had it in with that whole episode when they thought that Madison had returned. And Douglas, as well as members of the Vultures, Mel, Charlie, and Ennis. But Mel and Ennis have both been killed off. There's also still potential for past characters to come back, such as Native American enemies turned allies, Kalataka and Crazy Dog. They were last seen in the finale, leaving the dam just before the Proctor struck. All right, still going. Um, Talking Dead tonight. Uh, catch World Beyond. Nicholas Cantu plays Elton, director of tonight's episode, and New Fear cast member that will be in a couple weeks, Aisha Tyler, and a surprise guest on Talking Dead Live tonight. So there's going to be somebody. I have a feeling we might have a death. I don't know. Somebody's going to be on Talking Dead. Uh, discussion links. Walking Dead will return in 2022. Not getting into that right now. Um, I have Season 7 of Fear. I'll give you the first half. That's going up to December 5th. Episode 86 slash 1 is the beacon that's tonight. 87 slash 2 is 6 hours next weekend. 88 slash 3, Cindy Hawkins. That's the name of the episode. That's on Halloween. 89 slash 4 is Breathe With Me. 90 slash 5 is Till Death. 91 slash 6 is Reclamation. 92 slash 7 is The Portrait. 93 slash 8 is Padre and the mid-season finale. All right. They're back. I will talk to you guys at break number 5. Okay, guys, it's 9.56. We're at break number five, but we know it's going over just a skosh, so it's not quite the end yet. I am willing to go to five only because we've done something else and because Victor got his head out of his ass, and only with that. Joan's staying at her five. Yeah. Um, so regarding my fussing earlier, and let me go back and get the notes, what I was fussing about was just, you know, how Strand is being so dramatic and affected and everything. And Joan seems to think it's the writers thinking that they're clever. And, guys, you're really not. This is not a plot. This is not character development. It's onanism. Go Google it. Um, she, Joan also said if there's going to be a death, because we're referring to a third person on Talking Dead, I'm starting to wish it was Strand already, not a good beginning, showrunners. And I said, I'm worried about the horse being out there alone because, remember, Victor put it inside a building the other time when he had a choice. And Joan says, just thinking that, too, not only walkers but radiation. And then she said she's wavering with the rules, but she's keeping the five. And starting to think she was being overly optimistic about starting with that five. I don't know about that necessarily. I think this is better than where the rest of the episode has been mostly. And that's fine. Let me keep going with my notes because we do need to get to the other part. 
we've read the first half of fear um, up to December 5th and then February we'll find out some more stuff for you know, February is going to be walking dead classic. So I don't know what's going to happen with the second half of fear yet. Um, maybe it'll piggyback. Uh, I don't know. World beyond at 10. Let's go ahead and jump to those notes as we're able Tonight's World Beyond episode is entitled Exit Wounds. The official AMC synopsis is, an attempted grift leads to a precarious situation. Huck is given an ultimatum as she readjusts to her old life, and that means with the CRM. Uh, Additional synopsis, I do have an article on that, and I may have to read it to you in between stuff because, as you know, they don't really give us a space between one show into the next. <clears throat> Let me see what I can get out of this before we go back. This is on uh, fan sided at hiddenremote.com. Sarah Beth Pollock watched Fear the Walking Dead season seven premiere online online tonight, episode one live stream, but it had a little commentary in there I wanted to read you guys. It's a whole new world in Fear the Walking Dead season seven as the rise of the super apocalypse makes it so the survivors have to think about more than just walkers. This is not upping the ante, guys. This is boring. (laughs) That's not Sarah Beth. That's me. Okay, now the air is full of nuclear fallout, and the quest to survive means every person for him or herself. Here's how to watch the seven-season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead entitled The Beacon. Um, Need a season six refresher? At the end of season six, maniac cult leader Teddy launched a series of missiles from the USS Pennsylvania, and at least one of them was armed with a nuclear bomb. Now that the fallout is all over the blast radius, survival has gotten a lot tougher for everyone. Um, weird. There's a trailer for some kind of show, but I'm unclear what all this is, unless this is World Beyond already, which I doubt. Something about a magic trick and scary, crappy, weird stuff. I'm not sure what this show is. Oh, Joan, if you happen to know. Phone doesn't work. Very demonic. Kind of like it. I don't really know what the hell this is that I'm watching here. Oh, it's a nightmare. And a girl is dreaming about it. Dreaming about Finney. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I was the director. And there's a phone on a wall of like a prison cell. Okay, this is freaking me out and it needs to get to the point. I do have it muted though because I don't want to have the TV blaring while I'm trying to talk to you guys. Um, I don't know whether I should start reading the rest of this article or not. Ethan Hawke is in it, and I think he's the bad guy. And I don't know who the kid is. But this is all very Stephen King and weird. I don't really get it. The Black Phone. Okay. In theaters, February 4th. It should be now. Okay. We are seeing a promo for World Beyond, which is on right after this. Let me keep reading just a tiny bit. Season 7 premiere looks takes a look at Victor Strand and how he's managed to survive since the bombs went off. He sought shelter in a warehouse stocked to the brim with priceless art, art and artifacts thanks to historian Howard, and now they're running the show. By the way... Uh, Sarah Beth, it's not a warehouse. It's a department store. As we've seen in previews, Strand is tired of following Morgan's lead, and he's going to do things his own way from now on. Okay, and now we are back. I'll see you guys at the end. 
Okay, we probably don't have a lot of time because it's 10.09. I'm ending on a very reluctant five, and only because I did like bringing the lighthouse beacon back, but then Strand ruined it because that's not plot. I don't like that he threw Will off the wall. I think it was stupid. This is not plot development or character development. It's just onanism. And Jonas said, going to have to get through them. Um, Victor, they've been there, done that, you moron. Yeah, especially Alicia. Jonas is like, I'm not even going to score that ending. They don't deserve a score. You know what? I'm going to let you get away with it because you are right. Okay. I think we are jumping right on into World Beyond. So I'm going to go dark and wait for the first break to keep going. Okay, it's 10.11, and we're already at a commercial break. That wasn't even really an opener, to be honest with you. So I don't know how long we've got. That was super weird. I I think that was the beginning of World Beyond. That kind of effed me up. You know what? I'm giving him a four for that because that was dumb, unless that isn't the real opener. But if it is, I'm staying with my four. (laughs) I don't know what the hell that was supposed to be. I'm going to keep reading. Um Blah, blah, blah. Oh, that, that's the end of stuff anyway. Okay. This is fine. Let's keep going on my notes. Um, tonight's episode was written by Raina McClendon and directed by Aisha Tyler. Okay. Raina McClendon. Not much personal info was known about Raina. Her Twitter bio says she is a believer, TV writer, and a former rock collector. Um, her LinkedIn indicates that she's a drama television writer and producer uh, for USA, Sci-Fi Network, AMC, Disney+. Plus, She's based currently in West Hollywood, California. She went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Bachelor of Arts in Communications and Media Studies, 2005 to 2009. UNC Creative Writing Honors Thesis, New Arrivals, Visitors, and Uninvited Guests, an assortment of short stories. Publication date was May 2009. And... We still have a little time here. Uh, Dublin City University, after, after some of that, Irish Media Studies in 2008. UCLA Extension Writers Program, One Hour Drama 2012. Uh, McClendon also speaks Spanish. Um, she is a member of the Junior Hollywood Radio and TV Society and the founder of an organization called Green Light Girls, an entertainment tracking board consisting of a core crew of young, talented industry ladies, who seek to network and grow professionally, creatively, and socially. We are always relevant, fresh, and looking for the next project to greenlight. All right, still going. Uh, McClendon has various assistant and executive assistant credits going back to 2010, including for MTV Networks, Teen Wolf 2011 TV Remake, Good Vibes 2011, and Awkward Period Webisodes 2013. She has eight writer's credits back to 2013, including Awkward, Finding Carter, MTV Networks 2015, Andy Mack, Disney Channel 2017, Damnation, USA Networks 2018, Deadly Class, Sci-Fi Universal 2019, and Briar Patch, USA Networks 2020. Um, She has been a producer for Walking Dead World Beyond since Season 2, Episode 1. This was her first work anywhere in the franchise. The being a producer. Tonight is her first time writing an episode of any show in the franchise. 
And now we are back. I'll see you guys at break number one. Okay, technically we're at break number two. Joan's going with a five. I'm going four, seven, five. I was at four before, so that's actually kind of generous. All of this stuff is ham-fisted and not very good plot right now. Yeah. Um, I had mentioned that the guy who was talking to God, I'm totally losing all of these characters and stuff. I can't remember them all. In the previous scene, was he talking to Huck? And he found a kid. I'm pretty sure it's Elias. Okay. Or Silas. Sorry. Pardon. Yes. Silas is the one that I couldn't remember. Um, Because he's mentioned something about work and decontamination. So he's the guy that's working with the kids that are, you know, he's this sort of Oliver Twist figure and Fagin and all of that. (laughs) Um, If if he mentioned to Huck that he saw Silas, then she would know where the other kids were. Although I don't know if that's good or not. It's good in that they're all the way up here and they're not going to survive too well if they don't get into camp. But it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. All right, let me go back to my notes and keep going with that because I haven't finished uh, this stuff at all. Okay, so we were doing Aisha Tyler's bio, I think. Oh, wait, eh? no, I hadn't. Did I finish um, Raina McClendon's bio? I had mentioned that this is her first time writing an episode. Yeah, okay, I did. Aisha Tyler is directing tonight. Aisha Naomi Tyler, uh, born September 18th, is an American talk show host, actress, comedian, author, producer, writer, and director, woman of many, many talents. She is of both African-American and Native American descent. I do not know what tribe. The bio did not mention. Tyler was born in San Francisco, the daughter of Robin Gregory, a teacher, and James Tyler, a photographer. The family spent one year in Ethiopia and later spent time living in an ashram in Oakland, California. Her parents divorced when she was 10, and she and her sister, pardon my hiccups, her sister, Ferry, F-E-R-I, were raised by their father, Jim Tyler. Uh, she was raised in a strict vegetarian home. Uh, she pursued an early interest in comedy at McAteer, M-C-A-T-E-E-R High School in San Francisco, which had a special program called School of the Arts, now named Ruth Asawa San Francisco School of the Arts. Tyler attended high school with Sam Rockwell and Margaret Cho. She had a crush on Rockwell and followed him into acting class one day, leading to her interest in improv and sketch. Graduated from Dartmouth with a degree in political science and a minor in environmental policy. She graduated in 92. She was a member of the Tabor, a co-ed fraternity. At Dartmouth, she founded and sang in the Dartmouth Rockapellas, an all-female a cappella group devoted to spreading social awareness through song. And we're still, we're not quite back yet, but we probably are going to be in a second, so I'm trying to pause here. No, we're still in Wendy's commercial. Okay. After briefly working for a San Francisco advertising firm, she toured the country pursuing a comedy career before moving to L.A. in 96. She was married to Jeff Tejans, from 94 to 2017, they have divorced. Um, 
there's part of the stuff in her bio here that's a little personal and painful, and I don't know that it's really necessary. So I'm going to drop that part. Um, moved to Los Angeles in 96, was featured as number 61 in Maxim Magazine's Hot 100 of 2002 supplement. Named number 72 on the Maxim Hot 100 of 2005, um, she is known for portraying Andrea Marino in the first season of Ghost Whisperer in 2005, voicing Lana Kane in Archer 2009, and portraying Mother Nature in the Santa Claus film series, as well as recurring roles in CSI 2000 and Talk Soup of 91. We are back now. I'll see you guys at break number three. Okay, it's 1040, and we are at break number three. And by the way, just so y'all know, I have about 19 minutes left on the live feed because that's the maximum I can make the episode. So I may get cut off before the end of the episode, but I'll try to get all the trivia in there and any other commentary that we've had. Um, oh, Jonah has mentioned, yes, Miss Bennett's right about the thing in class because she's been making her own alcohol. And she would never tell her dad that. Um, it should get us through most of World Beyond, I think. Joan's going to 5-5, five, five, mostly for Hope's alcohol knowledge. I'm going to get a 5-2-5. Five, five. I kind of, I, I sort of wish they would make more of this whole thing between her and that other guy that's super smart. I forgot his name. Um, let me go back to the notes and try to get the rest of this out. We were in Aisha Taylor's, Tyler's uh, bio here. Okay, where were we? Talk soup. Oh, yeah. She worked with Scott Rocket while performing at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. They were also both working at Ease Entertainment Television at the same time. She was the host of Talk Soup in 91, and he was a producer on E! True Hollywood Story in 96. She's a regular contributor to Glamour and Jane magazines. Also plays on the World Poker Tour in the Hollywood Home Games for the Child Help USA Charity. Has her own podcast called Girl on Guy with Aisha Tyler, and regularly invites comedian friends to be guests. Appeared in the music video for the song Tacky by Weird Al Yankovic. Tyler has an extensive IMDb dossier, which includes composer and soundtrack credits, editor credits, writer credits, and producer credits. Her largest category is actor credits, of which she has 68, including for the Santa Claus 2 and 3, CSI Miami, Friends, Nip Tuck, 24, the original, CSI Ghost, uh, CSI is in there twice. I guess CSI Classic, Ghost Whisperer, Boston Legal, Reno 911, 13, the series, Glee, Two and a Half Men, Archer, and several upcoming projects, including an untitled horror movie due out this year and the 2021 TV series Monsters at Work. Are we back yet? No? Okay, keep going. Up to 2017, primarily, she directed shorter film work. From 2017 to 2020, she directed episodes of Criminal Minds, Hipsterverse, and Roswell, New Mexico. Directing tonight's episode is her seventh director's credit, meaning a category, and her second time ever working within the Walking Dead franchise, the first being directing Fear, Season 6, Episode 13, J.D. She's also set to direct Season 7, Episode 4, Family is a Four-Letter Word, after which she will also later be playing a new character named Mickey, in Fear Season 7, Episode 5, Till Death, which will be directed, by the way, by Lenny James. And we're still not back. I'm going to keep going. 
Trivia, 13th episode ever tonight. First appearance of Asha, uh, teen played by Madeline K-I-E-N-T-Z, Kites. Uh, first appearance of Dev, uh, teen played by Abu Bakr Ali, A-B-U-B-A-K-R. First appearance of Betts, uh, captain of the Civic Republic military, played by Terrence Archie. First appearance of Dr. Ellis, researcher for the CRM, played by Alan Edwards. He was mentioned by Leo Bennett in the episode Foothold. First appearance of Ian, a random team played by Christopher Nathan. First appearance of Diane Pierce, who's a corporal in the CRM, described as a smart, driven soldier who commands the respect of someone in a much higher position of authority, played by Gisette Valentin. And we are back. I'll see you guys at the next break. Okay, guys, it's 10.50. I've got about nine minutes left, so I won't be here until the total end, but let's go ahead and score. Um, Joan's staying at 5.5. I'm going to go to 5.5 because of reunion stuff. Um, I kind of thought this might be where it's going, but I wasn't really sure. And I'm still trying to figure out who the special guest might be on the couch. But we shall see. Um, let me go back to my notes and keep going. Um, doo, 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 doo. Okay, so we're in trivia for tonight. Terrence Archie is Captain Betts. Christopher Nathan is Ian. West Jetton is Robin, who's a member of the Council of the Perimeter. Uncredited, interestingly, Anna Kaja is Andira. I guess she's around, but she doesn't merit a full credit this week because she's already had one last week. Um that's CBA, obviously. Last time uh, episode was Foothold. First appearance of Dennis Webb, Tiga, Grady, and Mason. Last appearance of Glenn Watkins as a corpse. He was a sol- soldier that Iris killed in the woods. Last appearance of Walter in a flashback. Co-stars are Jesse Gallegos as Webb. Rye Chase as Tiga. Kellen Joseph Quinn as Grady. And Wes Jetton as Robin. Uncredited were S.J. Ovaska as Samuel Abbott. Paul Teal as Walter Jason Gupton as Glenn Watkins and Victor Dobro as CRM Soldier. No deaths. Uh, featured music from last episode was Trouble No More Rehearsal 1972 by the Allman Brothers Band. That was on the Trucks CD player. Alright, so Season 2 lineup. Uh, next week is Episode 14 slash 4, Family is a Four Letter Word. 15 slash 5 is Catervoix. Q-U-A-T-E-R-V-O-I-S. And again, with the strange French or Creole or some other business going on that seems to have nothing to do with the plot because none of the characters in here are connected to that culture. Um, unless I'm missing something that they haven't brought up yet. 16 slash 6, Who Are You? That is the 7th of November. Um, 17 slash 7, Blood and Lies, the 14th. 18 slash 8 is Returning Point on the 21st. 19 slash 9 is Death and the Dead on the 28th, Thanksgiving weekend. And the 20th slash 10 slash series finale is The Last Light, and that is December 5th. And we're we're still in commercials. So other upcoming shows on NDB Media include Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, Mondays 10 p.m., currently hosted on StreamYard, Fandom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays at 10 
Uh, join the ingenious interviewers Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they digest another night of TV. Uh, Rock and Roll Shrink is off this coming Wednesday, but we'll be back on the 27th. Travelage Radio will be on the 21st, which is Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, I don't yet have who they're interviewing, but that is my notes for that. Alrighty, and that's all I have until the end. So I did get everything to you guys in time. We have about five minutes left before I will be off the air. But um, Jonah will stay in the chat room as long as it will let me. And are we back? No, we're still actually in a commercial, strangely. A lot of commercials. Maybe we should just do away with some of that and have Talking Dead on a little earlier, I'm just saying. So, Joan, do you have any thoughts on who the special guest might be on Talking Dead. I know we have Elton and we have Aisha, who's tonight's director. There's a third person that they're being all mysterious about, and I'm I'm really not figuring out who it is yet, unless it's something that's going to happen, like, right before the end. All right, we're back now. I will see you guys at the end, probably. Just pop it on real quick to tell everybody good night and thank you. I think we will be off in 60 seconds, but I'm going to stay in the chat room as long as it'll let me. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. I think we are off the air or not recording, but I'm just double-checking here. Joan, can you actually hear me? Just kind of testing. Not sure what is going to happen here. <laughs> 